0: You're listening to the Accordion to Me podcast with Veronique Medrano. Hi, I'm Veronique. And on this week's episode, we get to chat with Aiden Castellanos of the Gotham and Variety Magazine Audio Honors. Uh, He won this uh, presented by Wondery for his podcast, Susto podcast. Sustame one time, one time (laughs) Susta podcast focuses on the spooky folktales and legends of Hispanic and Latino culture And I'm so excited to have you here Thank you,
1: hey ghoul friend, thank you for having me
0: I was just, I was commenting on the fact that, um, we are always, uh, predominantly late to things <laughs> oh
1: my gosh.
0: and he walks in and he goes, Oh my God, I'm so sorry.
1: Traffic was so crazy. <laughs> <laughs> it was wild out there. I don't even know what happened. I tried really hard. I just finished telling you how I went to two coffee shops mm-hmm. so that I could- save time and in trying to be on time, I made myself late, so. Right.
0: No, it's okay, I, I honestly, I relate. I think, I think everyone can relate, like, Truly. at some point when you're already late, you're just like, like fuck it, I'm gonna Fuck it. it. I'm, I'm, it's already done. I'd rather
1: apologize. <laughs> it's like, I'd rather
0: ask for forgiveness than ask for permission. Exactly, exactly. As some of you know, early in 2020, I was in an accident. The consequences that you have to live with after can be a lot. You can lose your car, you can lose work, and therefore money, and you can, of course, be super injured and have huge hospital bills to pay. No bueno. So if, like me, you've been the victim of an accident, you need a professional to help you get the care you need. In case of an accident, you need a lawyer to protect your rights and your wallet. And you don't have to look any further than that simple phrase by going to the URL incaseofanaccident.com for a free consultation 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. And if the person that suffered the accident wasn't you, but maybe it was your tia, or your abuelita, or something, don't worry. Everyone at In Case of an Accident speaks Spanish. They can even take messages through WhatsApp at 888 888- 90-0911. So if you or a loved one have suffered through a horrible car accident like me, visit the team at incaseofanaccident.com for more help. Just don't forget to tell them that Veronique Medrano from Accordion to Me sent you. You know what? Here's a good question to start it off. Mm-hmm. What scares you?
1: Oh, God, do we have the time? We so do. the thing is, it's so funny because... I, you know, this is, if people don't know, Susto is a spooky podcast about folklore from Latinx and Hispanic cultures. And I grew up hearing scary stories and sharing them. And, you know, like, it's just, I, I love it. And I love spooky stuff, too. But I actually am a scaredy cat. I can, I can watch it. I can hear about it, talk about it, all that. But as soon as someone's like, oh, you know, there's a haunted house in this place. We should go. I'm like, that would be great to read about on the Internet and to not put myself out there. Um, you don't have
0: to be the ghost hunter. No, no, you no, just I'm want not... to be the
1: ghost observer. Exact. Thank you. hundred percent. That's what it is. <laughs> um, I mean, but yeah, I mean, just to say the least, I, I, I do get frightened by these things. And so making this podcast sometimes is really fun because sometimes I'm alone and I'm alone at home and I there's certain episodes there's certain episodes where I've had to stop what I'm doing because the sun's going down and I'm like I'm not gonna do that to myself. Oh so. my god! Okay,
0: so one time that happened to me quite recently. It actually happened to me this year. I was driving back from San Antonio. We had done a practice for a big uh, for a set of tours that we were going to be doing, and we're coming back. So we drove up. We mm-hmm. drove up. Did the practice came back that same day? That is about close to eight hours of driving and i decided unwisely to listen to the podcast unspooled Mm. but the podcast episode that i listened to was about the blair witch project so there I am. It is like close to midnight. I we're driving. Mind you, I'm not the one driving. I'm in the backseat because I drove up. They're driving back down. Mm-hmm. And they're driving. And next thing you know, they take the wrong turn.
1: No my yes! god. And so it's two <laughs> o'clock at night
0: and they have taken the wrong turn on the highway back. So this is like between um. We've already passed San Antonio. Just, Uh like, we haven't gotten to Corpus yet. So it's right in that little spot.
1: Yeah. So for people who may not know, the Blair Witch Project and between the valley and, like, San Antonio, it's all wilderness.
2: Yes. There's nothing.
1: So just for anyone who doesn't know, I can... That's why I'm already, like, internally panicking for you. Okay, so you're on the wrong road. Yes,
0: I'm already on the wrong road. No, no, I'm not on the wrong road. The guys have taken the wrong turn (laughs) after getting gas. So this is already, like... Oh, we the, oh this this is what we're going to do. We're going to start the beginning of a horror movie. Yep. And so we're driving down this road which is like I guess parallel to mm. the highway. Okay. And it's it's those roads. Like I'm sure all of you know it. Like there's always that one road that's parallel to the highway that's either for the farmers or for people that live in that area Mm -hmm. or who live in the outskirts. So we have taken this wrong turn. He keeps going straight. I said turn your ass around. And I'm hearing this whole thing about the like I have one ear out because I have my Bluetooth, and so one ear has the podcast and going. Oh yeah, this is and then this happened. And I'm like, what the fuck am I doing? And at some okay, this is when it happens. We literally take a turn. So you're turning. to make kind of a U-ey so that you can come back up and then finally get back on the highway. And the turn was such that it was sharp and we literally almost hit a grave.
1: No. Like
0: those little graves that they put on the side of the road where someone got hit. And I'm like... At that point, I start hyperventilating. I am, I'm done. I press pause on the podcast. I am hyperventilating <laughs> oh in the backseat. I do not care. I will happily be a backseat driver and mm-hmm. fucking freak out. And I was flipping the fuck out. I said, the reverse, reverse, reverse. Do not hit that grave. I do not need a curse upon me. Do not hit that grave. And he's like, he's super chill. He's an older guy. He's like, uh, this is one of my guitar players. His mm-hmm. name is Moises. If you guys have ever seen him, you've seen him in videos. He's been with me for years. And he's super chill. He's like, no, no, Veronito, está bien. No pasa nada. No pasa nada. Oh, Yo estoy allí. No me dices que no pasa nada, señor. Tú necesitas ir para atrás. Oh,
2: my God. And
0: I like okay so we finally get out and the guys are laughing the guys are laughing but I'm gonna tell you right now if they had seen something come out of the ground they would not have been laughing oh no they would have bucked it I think they would have run out of the car but like so we finally get out and we finally go home but that just stuck with me so hard because I'm like you're so right like you cannot be listening to shit sometimes
1: no yeah you have to set a boundary for yourself and you have to protect your peace (laughs) sometimes (laughs) you gotta protect your
0: energy you have to choose Good.
1: Oh, my God. Yeah, it's it. yeah, it's something that happens often. And there's some times where I'm getting into an episode and I'm like, oh, this is going to be easy. I'm going to be able to do this. No problem. And there's other times where when, even when I'm putting the episode together, doing the research and I'm thinking, OK, this is going to be a tough one. So I need to make sure to start recording and editing at this time so that I can be done by this time. You
0: know what? The editing part is. It's so funny that you say that I I've edited either, you know, the episodes of the podcast because I have a team, but like sometimes, you know, just something happens and you just, you have to, and I, and I have, and, or I'm editing episodes of the vlog or, or I'm doing so many different things and the noises, the noises are what fucks with me. I fucking hate it. Like the creaking sound or like just,
1: Yes. It, they're knocking. nightly
0: uh, or like it could be a damn palm tree falling mm-hmm. on the roof, but it found it sounds so much bigger at yeah. night.
1: Yeah, there's I'll never forget. There was one episode. I think it was the episode I did about duendes. And <laughs> oh, no. I know. I even hate saying that word out loud. But <laughs> uh, in the episode, I want to say it was that one. There was a part of the narration was that the main character of the story heard a knocking in the distance and that was before I had like a like good subscription to uh, like a sound effect bank. Okay. And so I would do a lot of like royalty free sounds on YouTube okay. and they were never like the highest quality because they're just free sounds on YouTube. Mm-hmm. And so I found this one and it was like HD knocking and it was like a three second clip. I was like, oh, this is going to be, you know, perfect for what I need right now. And so. I played it and it was like those first two seconds were quiet and I was like, is it gonna happen? And I had my headphones in and again, I was alone and this is the first time I learned. And it truly, I should have believed it when it said HD because I heard the knocking come from like back here. And I literally jumped up and I was looking around and then I was like, oh my God, it was literally this. So I played it again and I was like, Jesus It was this scare that was the first time i think ever that i truly got myself i want to say it was like episode three so i still so had not listen to used. episode
0: three of yeah. podcast so you can know what scared him <laughs> yeah I, I truly
1: hadn't gotten used to those sound effects yeah and now i'm like i'm all about them they're one of my favorite parts of producing an episode is like how can i incorporate all these the sounds ambience. yeah the ambiance and like get people really Ad-a-knock. into it at a knock production <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, we're
1: not home. No, no. Thank you.
0: <laughs> it's like you're there. No, I'm not. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm actually not.
1: I've left. My soul has ascended.
0: <laughs> so what was the the when when did you first start this? What really inspired all of this? I, I know that it's it feels very deeply rooted in, in culture in and yeah. your culture and mm-hmm. our culture. But It takes a lot of guts to go out and and put something out that's so unique because a lot of people go, oh, well, you know, there's so many people out there. There's so many people creating, you know, Mm -hmm. there's. I don't know, let's just say there's 60,000 podcasts out there. You know, what What really made you go, okay, I need to be one to preserve and tell these stories?
1: Yeah, I mean, like I said, it's just their stories. It started off very much as the stories that I heard growing up. So the classics, you know, Dancing with the Devil, Duendes, oh God, Chupacabra, yes. La Llorona is like I think the most commonly known one. She is iconic. Iconique. She's mother, literally. I wish um, that the
0: movie was better. I I'm think sure. I think that's what really sucks is that so many of our legends mm-hmm. and cultures can really be made into these big, huge productions and really scare the shit out of people. But instead, there's just so full of tropes.
1: Yeah. Well, have you seen since our last conversation, the one on Shudder? It's based on the Guatemalan no, genocide. No, I have
0: not. I have not. And that you know, one I funny? think does
1: great justice to the oh, story. Oh, I have
0: heard nothing but good things i have seen nothing but good screen caps of it but this is still technically i know it's a shutter production but it's still technically an indie film Mm -hmm. that one has a huge like thing but i'm talking about like blockbuster like the conjuring level kind of money exactly that you do not see a hispanic latinx person at the helm really Um, doing that like we're very like if anything, I've seen a lot of like, oh, true life stories mm-hmm. or like dramas or something to that effect, yeah. but never something to that level. I, I love the cinematography in it. I've loved what I've seen. Mm-hmm. I can't wait to watch it. And no one judge me. I haven't watched it yet <laughs> only because oh, I'm on a break. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. It's homework at this point. Yes, so. it is super <laughs> big homework. Yeah, yeah. But So, yeah, it's just, you know, those are the stories that I heard growing up and I had such a special connection to them because something that I, something that I've started saying recently or phrase that, I don't know if I heard it or where it came from, but just connecting with with people on a level of fear. It's such a strange and interesting way to connect with people, but it's one of the base, I think, emotions that we all feel at some point in our lives, some more than others, some more intense than others. We feel, we feel fear And so I think it's a very interesting way to bond with people and to sometimes even laugh about. Um, So I had joined a, it was a multimedia organization that I was a part of with some friends and I was trying to pitch ideas for content and I had started listening to podcasts and I thought, oh, you know what? I want to listen to a podcast about this. And in my mind, I had a very specific vision for what it would sound like, what it was like structured like and I just had a very, you know, this is the type of podcast I want to hear about this, about these stories. And so I was looking and looking and I I will never say that, you know, I'm the first one to do it or that, um, you know, I just like I couldn't find exactly what I wanted.
0: And I will say looking at the space itself there really just isn't anyone doing what you're doing. There's a lot of podcasts that are like, oh, legends. Mm-hmm. Oh, like, you know, uh, here's a good example, lore.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Lore came out and they did their version, but it's almost like demystifying the the folklore. Mm-hmm. And it, it comes from a very interesting angle of, oh, let's look at where it came from. Mm-hmm. There's that one. And then there's uh, Myth and Legends, which kind of just feels like they're telling the story, but they're adding their own you know personality to it, but they don't focus on horror per se yeah they focus on all myths and legends yeah and so you see some of that content but you don't see at least for me right as of right now I don't see anything related to horror and mm. as a former librarian I know for a fact one of the most checked out books some of the most checked out movies some of the things that gives people fines is horror yeah One of the things that when I was streaming, which I will eventually go back to video game streaming, that people just every Friday, every Friday was spooky Friday. Mm -hmm. And I would play a horror game that people wanted me to play. And I would, and I would go through the motions. Like people were just loving it, but it's almost like they love the vicariousness of it. Mm -hmm. And they love how just like you have almost this, like, no, don't go in there. I would never go exactly. in there.
1: Exactly. I was about and, to say that. Every time somebody watches or hears these stories, they're like, oh, I would never do that. I, oh, that couldn't be me. Oh, they're so dumb. i like yelling at the TV. But sometimes you just don't know when you're put in a situation like that.
0: I was at a haunted house recently. I accidentally punched somebody. I'm you're so told. sorry to the actor <laughs> that I punched. I was told not to. I tried not to. I'm so sorry. But it's, it's those things that when you're in the moment, like... It can be crazy. Mm-hmm. It can be so crazy. And so I, I just have to commend you. Like there is a reason why you have the accolades that you do with some of the yeah. biggest, you know, publications. I mean, this is not a a, you know, uh, oh, he has a podcast. No, this is a very <laughs> influential bit of of content. Thank you. That has really changed how people view the legends and the folktales of our culture. And so I I really want to say, you know, super big thank you for that. Mm. And um, I'm waiting for him to direct a movie. So if anyone's out there, Uh, you know,
1: I would love to, honestly,
0: (laughs) which movie would you love to direct of what folktale? Like you got to pick like, okay, I'll get, I'll be, I'll be easy. And we'll pick three.
1: Okay. God, even then.
2: (laughs) No, no, you got to pick three.
1: Um, I'm going to say I would, okay, I would love to do a movie about the story of the Dancing with the Devil. I think that'd be so fun to explore and direct. I would love to do, I'm at a loss, dang. I'm just like trying to cycle through all of the different stories. I think I would like to take a shot at La Llorona. So many people have done it. But I think even if it's good or bad, hit or miss, you know, it's every person that does it is gonna have their own unique perspective to it. So I would love to explore that too, because mm-hmm. just because again, it's such a, class, such a classic, and I think I would like to do something about lechusas.
2: I, I literally <laughs> thought in my brain,
1: if
0: we're going, no, 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 we have to go lechusa.
1: We're yeah, those three would be so, 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 so fun to do. Well, the
0: lechusa, because the last real like horror-ish kind of movie was the one that I spoke with you about in that, in the podcast, in your podcast, mm-hmm. which was uh the lady from resident evil i always freaking forget her
1: name mila jovovich yes
0: and that one was creepy Mm -hmm. but i don't think it gets enough love for just how creepy it was Mm -hmm. because it was kind of in that era and that time unfortunately for her where she was just she was constantly in a resident evil movie every year and then that on top of just like you know she was the hot item at the Mm -hmm. time but they were putting her in just some wild horror movies. Like they were trying to pull a Jamie Lee Curtis with her. You could tell that they were trying to like see if maybe she could lead something else and and it just wasn't going. Like she's done other movies, Mm -hmm. but in the sense of horror, or or if you call it horror, you know, it would definitely be Resident Evil. Like everyone knows her for that. Mm -hmm. But that movie truly, I could only stand 15 minutes of it. Like it was so uncomfortable. And mind so you, sick. I rented it from the Blockbuster, the Hollywood video, whatever the heck was available at yeah. the time. I try to remember. It was that era. <laughs> and I was just like, oh no, return. Like,
1: yeah, absolutely get that yeah.
0: out of my house. am not even going to
1: rewind it. Just nope. get it away from me. No, it was, it was
0: DVD to top it all off. I was oh, like, yeah. absolutely not. I'm not even going to go to the title menu. I'm not going to do any of that. Just
1: shut off. <laughs> Bye.
0: It was creepy. Yeah. It was so creepy. But La Chusa, there's so much there to explore yeah. because there's it's, so it's happening. It's yeah. half, like, brujeria, it's half, you know, this unsettling feeling that we have whenever we look at owls and we mm-hmm. engage with owls, and, and like, what is there mm-hmm. behind those eyes?
1: <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, that's so funny, too, because I've seen other uh, movies or stories, gosh, I'm trying to remember the one that I saw most recently, but there was this through line throughout the movie about uh owls being oh i remember it was from a book that i read um my best friend's exorcism by grady hendricks which
0: i am i literally have that on my list i literally have a whole stack of books and that's one of them the the cover okay that cover if you guys look at it it Mm -hmm. looks very much like a old vhs very aged did they make that into a movie though
1: on amazon yeah okay that that
0: was also on my list because Mm -hmm. of that like i wanted to read it and watch the movie
1: i mean obviously i never thought i'd be one of those people that was like the book was better but (laughs) The book was better and that's just always gonna be the truth, you know.
0: I definitely want to do um if I was gonna pick three, it would number one would be a werewolf movie. Yeah. And like yes. and and exploring the where. Because werewolves, there's a lot of different like films on it. There there's there is kind of a, a running lore, but it's not very clear as to what the hell's going on there. But there's different where animals, mm-hmm. and there's where animals like where jaguars and other things in Hispanic and Latinx folklore. Yeah. So like, how far does it stretch? Like, it's it's not all underworlds. Like, yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. not all you know um, what we've seen. I think the second one, man, I wanted to do mermaids until Black Panther came out, and then I realized. They they did it. They did it the best. Yeah. Like I will never be able to touch that.
1: I know it, it's very hard to my most recent episode, sirens or mermaids like in Mexico, mm-hmm. and how uh, not originally, but like pre pre Spanish times in Mexico, there was this goddess known as the Tlanchana. Yes, and that was the most
0: recent episode. Yeah, yes. yeah,
1: and so it was really interesting, and I was I was inspired by uh, Wakanda forever and. With the, the 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 Talokans and um,
0: that was just so gorgeous. I loved
1: it so much. But yeah, I saw that I was so like, creepy. oh, I gotta do an episode. It's, it's a little bit of a stretch because of the lore behind them uh, is very different with the episode that I did. But still, I was like, it's so again, it's interesting to see how people interpret these things.
0: Yeah, because in that one, whether people like really dig into it or not, there's a lot of horror in that. There's a lot of there's a lot to kind of disseminate in regards to, to the mermaids. Mm-hmm. But at, at first it would have been mermaids. So let's go werewolves, yeah. then mermaids, which now I will never do because that was <laughs> scared the living shit out of me. And um, I think even Pirates of the Caribbean was creepy. When you yeah. think about how they did that one too, that I can't, like, they've they've covered the creepy factor of yeah. mermaids. And uh, the third one, I'm... I... Werewolves and mummies. Yeah because i loved the mummy 1999 yes. oh, we will my. not speak of that other movie God. 1999 <laughs> and brendan Fraser and that entire canon like oh mm-hmm. i don't even care if the fourth movie sucks like or Truly. the third one whatever version it was amazing amazing yeah, one of
1: my first queer awakenings was seeing brendan Fraser and the mummy i was like i like the spooky stuff and i really like this man fighting <laughs> mummies what's happening to me I
0: met him in person <laughs> no uh, I did it was just I was like uh, like oh, oh I God. was so happy
1: protect him at all costs protect truly. him forever
0: <laughs> so you do this you do this podcast you know you have these these ideations for you know what you could do if, if you had you know the power yeah. but where do you see the future of susto podcasts
1: it's hard to tell I feel like and it's very easy for, for me to say as the person behind it so it's very easy for me to like downplay it and kind of minimize it in a way but I feel like I'm still in those stages of like setting up like a really solid foundation of what Susto is and I feel like I've just discovered it in the last like year alone um so I'm not sure like I'm if anyone's out there that's willing to, like, <laughs> collaborate <laughs> you or, like fund a project for Susto, I would love to hear ideas. But it's one of those things that I can see it going in any direction because Susto involves so many different things. It involves – sometimes it's about history. It's about sociology. It's about folklore. It's about fiction. It's about literature. It's about, like, all these different things. And so I can, I can definitely see it going in different directions. Um, but – I don't know it, it i think part of the reason it's hard for me to answer that you know a clear answer to it, where, where do i see susto in the future is because it's because i think people are already doing like such a great job and i do believe that there's there's room for all of us and so you know when i was talking about earlier how i started the show and like i never want to take credit for like inventing something I don't know. it's just I feel like I'm just having a really good time with it right now.
0: You could tell. yeah, like you could tell there's just um, and I mean mind you I've, I've listened to older episodes mm-hmm. and and really what was funny is that the first episode I I just managed to just stumble upon and trip was <laughs> the, the one about the nun. Uh, and that one was really the one that that got me mm-hmm. that like it was, it was last year and it was the one about the nun and, and I was like, and mind you, you guys, I am in New Orleans for work. I'm not telling you what I was doing. But I was in New Orleans for work. <laughs> and I'm walk and I had a day off and I'm and I'm touring the city. Mm-hmm. And as I'm doing that I'm listening to his podcast I'm listening to that story and what I'm a looking city. Yeah. And, and I'm mind you this this city is kind of spooky but like it's a beautiful city but there's a reason why people go there who are very big horror enthusiasts because there's just this sense of like gorgeous decay because mm. of course it's literally by the ocean and, and you know there's just something about it that's just like, so gothic Mm -hmm. truly truly like if we want to talk about where where i believe gothic really just shines is in new orleans and so i'm listening to this story about this nun that maybe she got pushed maybe she died none of us know and it was just so engaging and that's where i just think you shine and i and i and i will sing your praises uh (laughs) as, as much as i can but What do you think is scarier, the supernatural or real life?
1: I I just got chills when you asked me that because I always say it and I truly believe it. And I think that those are the episodes that I get most riled up about is I am more scared of the living than I am of the dead. And like I said, a lot of these stories involve history and society and people and so some of the most upsetting stories are the stories that involve colonialism, genocide, systemic racism, um, health disparities because of a lack of health literacy. Um, so a lot of stories are connected to or are rooted in in some in some way to these bigger ideas and these these things that are real and you know sometimes the the monster like it's very scooby-doo like sometimes the monster isn't this like floating creature you pull off the mask and the monster is surprised it's racism surprise <laughs> it's it's classism it's poverty um, inequality yeah exactly and so again those are the ones that are most upsetting to me personally um, and sometimes they're just scary stories <laughs> and that's why I really like susto is because I try to walk that balance where like yeah like there are some things that are very upsetting that are aggravating that can evoke whatever emotion or or what have you and again some of them are just are just fun like I still do like to have fun and just be scared for the sake of having fun and being scared <laughs>
0: yeah but there's there's a deeper line of, of truth that mm-hmm. sometimes the ghosts that that walk among us are the things we never checked mm-hmm the things that we never addressed.
1: Yeah, sometimes we're haunted by what people or have before before us have done, and not necessarily by a spirit.
0: Yeah, and, and that's that's something really hard to to to, to quantify. Yeah. Like to be like, oh, you know, like this person, you know, like it, it's so much easier to put words to something that's corporeal mm-hmm. and be like, oh, this is a person. Mm-hmm. That's easy. Oh, this is a demon. That yeah. is something that comes from an entity. Like, it's so easy to be just so scientific mm-hmm. about these injustices, about things that that haunt us.
2: Yeah.
0: And you'd rather blame that. You'd yeah. rather be like, ah, it's this versus really looking at it and being like, you know what? It could be that or it could be that what you're really haunted by, what really haunts you, what really makes you stay up at night is not so much the ghost. It's the ghost in your mind. Mm-hmm. It's the one that's been created because of, you know, the thought that maybe I did that too. Mm-hmm.
2: Exactly. That's
0: That's scary. Yeah. And, and I'm really, you know, and I mean, nobody take this idea because I swear to God, if I see this as a movie, I'm coming for you. <laughs> but, you know, I, I think that's one part of horror that while we look at the entertainment of it, we look at that. We don't... Delve sometimes further beyond that, mm-hmm. and I think that's why some films have had or like the the comment of elevated horror comes mm-hmm. out. Yes, I know you can roll your eyes into space um, <laughs> to everyone there who's like slowly losing their mind.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> I think what they're trying to say it's not so much the the message,
2: mm-hmm.
0: it's how it's said. Mm-hmm. It's that when you look at elevated horror, really, it's hard that. That is actually tackling the message. And there's a lot of elevated horror when you think about it. There's, I mean, everything is elevated horror. Everything. It's, I mean, there's some things that are very blockbustery,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and you can get that, and it's just for entertainment, it's just for the shock value. But there's other ones, like there is this one that I randomly, truly randomly stumbled upon because I was like looking up um, Endings Explained. Mm-hmm. which are never endings explained, by the way. <laughs> They're literally going through the whole fucking movie. Oh my God. But it was for some horror movie, and I randomly stumbled upon one that was a horror movie from the 70s or 60s that was, like, a found footage uh. that they went out to some island as, like, you know, people who were going to be, like, uh, missionaries kind of thing, but they were hippies, mm-hmm. and and they get killed. Like, it, it intercuts it with, like, them mm-hmm. being attacked by the natives for trespassing onto the land. Mm-hmm. That is a very deep message. As Even though there's a lot of gore, there's a lot of stuff going on. I didn't watch it. Like I said, I didn't watch the actual movie. I, just from the trailer alone, you already know what the message is. Mm-hmm. It's that, look, missionaries don't need to be in places they're not supposed to be in. Not everyone needs to be saved by Christ. Sometimes mm-hmm. people need to be left the fuck alone. Yeah. And that's... <sighs> I wanna flip the table so
1: bad. I, I don't know. I'm 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 really sorry if I piss some people off, but Piss I, them off. Honestly, Meow. missionary work is modern day colonialism. Yes. Leave indigenous people alone. Leave untouched or uncontacted people alone. If like they're fine. We don't need you know it's happened before like and that's like i said a lot of my Didn't stories come it literally from
0: that. happened to a missionary quite recently mm-hmm. like before the pandemic i think it was like 2018 2017 some dude flew into an indigenous zone mm-hmm. was told not yeah, to fly was told there not to. he gets there right but then he leaves he's told to leave he is given the one shot rule which is i'm telling you now get the fuck out then he leaves the people, the, I guess, like whatever country he had come from, and rented the plane, had told him, "Hey, like we know you went there. You were being given a warning. If they warned you, we are also warning you." And then he went back, and then like his plane was left there, and they actually left his body out there as an example, and they killed him. And I'm just like, "Yo, like these people should not be fucked with. Yeah, absolutely not. I don't care. Educate? No, I don't need to be educated about certain things. I, I will stay stupid." Yeah, <laughs> I will happily like, stay stupid yeah. about certain things out there in the world. I think some things we're not supposed to know. Mm-hmm.
1: Truly, and and some things it's it's some things are just that's it's not even a thing of like oh, I'm gonna help them or I'm gonna try and provide or whatever. Sometimes it's it's just it's just based on what your belief system is, and you're trying to. I don't want to use the words push it on people, but like that's that's, that's what, what it is. Like you're trying to push your belief system on these people that are fine without it. It it really, I don't think, would make a difference if they knew about it or not, and they're fine, and you're... It's just, yeah, I could go on.
0: Oh, yes, by (laughs) all means! But, you know, going on this subject, Mm -hmm. how do you reconcile colonialist religion Mm. to what you know now?
1: That is something that I have been trying to explore more deeply as of very recent and it's escuranderismo it, is
0: such a huge thing mm-hmm. brujería voodoo like mm-hmm. there there's uh, depends on you know what sect of you know um, latino or mm-hmm. hispanic that you are or mexicano you know each of us kind of ha- it's almost like there's this line there's this through line of mysticism mm-hmm. and spirituality that is so ingrained in our culture that the church keeps for centuries, has been doing it for centuries, yeah. has tried to remove from every religion that is not Christianity or Catholicism.
1: Yeah, and that's actually, uh, that's part of a conversation that I had recently on Twitter was someone was saying about brujería and how it's it's not a, I think I may have misspoken and. S- Referred to Buddhism as a religion, when it's more of like a practice, it's more of a tool uh, to use the practices, and it's like I forgot how they worded it, but it was really brilliant. And it, they said something about how it's basically what we have left, and it is Buddhism is still uh, uh, sorry as we know it. It's 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 kind of um, a byproduct of colonialism. Uh, because if you look at a lot of brujería or some brujería, and I'm trying hard not to mispeak on it again, is that it's—I'll uh, just say from my experience, a lot of like the stuff that I've read about it and a lot of the practices that I've incorporated into my life—they do involve the Catholic Church, and so it's 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 a very delicate idea to like come to terms with. It's, I'm trying to connect deeper to like. My heritage to my ancestry, um, but at, there's a certain point where it just gets the the water gets too muddied because of what happened, and so I'm still incorporating like Saint Michael. I'm still incorporating the Virgencita into my practices, while also like learning, and that's the interesting part is I'm learning things that are new to me, but that were here longer than Catholicism. Mm-hmm.
0: So. so interesting story. I found out that I'm Jewish. And I am hella Mexican, (laughs) but it was all a discovery that happened about, uh, uh, let's just say five years ago. I'm going to just say five when I did an ancestry test and in the ancestry test, of course, it says you are 80 percent Mexican. Well, no shit. Yeah. And I'm thinking to myself, like, how wild it would have been if it was something else. Yeah. But, like, in the 20% that's, you know, left, it's talking about, you know, oh, there's, like, a, like a 4% Jewish. And I'm like, what? And then, you know, there's, there's this breakdown. There's all these different things that are broken down. And I was just, it was interesting. Because then I start asking my family. I'm like, are we Jewish? And then, you know, by just happenstance luck. That one of the relatives from Monterrey had come in to visit with my grandmother, and you know that we're all visiting there. It wasn't like a holiday; it was kind of just over the summer. Mm-hmm. And I asked them, and they're like, "Oh yeah, yeah, like the this one uncle, like I don't know where, yeah, he was Jewish, he converted." And then as I continued to dig, um, and this kind of goes back to your topic of like that muddy water, mm-hmm. I think it was survival. Yeah. Because then as I start to dig deeper and I'm talking with people who are Hebrew, um, and, and I think that's like, I think the more correct term, you know, they're Hebrew and, and they're saying, Oh yeah. Like there was a lot of people f- who, uh, practiced the Jewish faith who were Hebrew that were leaving the middle East because they were being persecuted yeah. and came to the place that allowed them in. But that the difference was that they would have to change their name to, Prove that they're a convert and mm-hmm. that um, if you notice names that end with a Z instead of an S, those were the Jewish converts. Wow. And I'm like. Mind
2: because, blown.
0: Yeah, because like I'm like, oh, my God, because, you know, you have the Gonzalez Hernandez, but you have that same name with an S so that means they're, you know, a native Spaniard Mexican, mm-hmm. whatever that blend is. And then you have those with a Z that just yeah. doesn't feel like a letter that gets used at the end of a name very often yeah. in Mexico. And so I'm like, oh, "Okay, this is interesting." And as I continued to dig further into it, into curanderismo, into these these aspects, and then, you know, finding out quite recently that the Mexican side of me is indigenous Mm -hmm. Mexican and where those pockets are that make up that 80%. It just, I feel for the part of me that is tied, that is blood tied to a generation of Mexicanos and indigenous Mexicans who had to survive and said, fuck it. I will just take this stupid fucking religion just so that I don't get kicked out, just so that, you know, my family is safe. Because Mm -hmm. we have to take those things into account. We have to take in the fact that, yeah. Spaniard conquest and and the conquest of the Catholic Church has always been an issue, even in the state of Texas, Mm -hmm. when we're looking at these missions and the Alamo and all of these things, and we love to talk about how they fought, but we don't talk about the people who they actually fought against, Mm -hmm. what was actually happening. And, you know, uh, talking with the people that I've talked with and still having this conversation, it's an ongoing conversation I've had that is slowly working to a bigger thing. Um, It really drives home how as a Mexican American, there is so much of our history that is blended Mm -hmm. and, and in this gray muddiness that makes us feel so isolated when really it's a bigger story that isn't so lonely.
1: Yeah, exactly. I want to I'm gonna I really wanna look up the um, that tweet that I was talking about. We're gonna look about. up this tweet. This yeah, tweet. We're
0: going to be factually accurate about the tweet.
1: Yeah, that and it's like it's just stuck in my head. And I also I wanna give some credit to the person who who said it, just for, you know, taking the time to have that conversation with me.
0: But there's so much mysticism. Like you look at the Celtics, oh, yeah. you look at the, you look at the Hebrews, you look at, you know, you look at, you know, Mexicanos, indigenous. Mm-hmm. There's this mysticism and spirituality that isn't so much tied to what religion would call, you know, demons and whatever. It's really tied to the world around you, the natural world around you. And those are the things that get lost in translation when you look at people who are just trying to conquer. Mm -hmm. And the people who tell their stories are not the conquered. It's always the conqueror.
1: Exactly. Yeah. So, okay, I found it. Yay! And it's actually from Tutia Bruja. This is another podcast. Uh, Shout out. Shout, Shout out to Tutria. Hola, <laughs> mi tia And, <laughs> and, so, so, yes, <laughs> and um, they had listened to a crossover episode that I did with Wikioror, mm-hmm. which is a Latinx horror movie review podcast. Mm-hmm. Great show. And um, they said, from a magic standpoint, wanted to say something. Brujeria, it's a, the, here it is. Brujeria is a direct result of colonization. It was using Catholicism as a cover to continue practicing in secret. Uh, for many marginalized groups. So like yes. you were just saying, it's just kind of like, fuck it, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna use this to survive. Um, and so... Because
0: it's so foreign. Like when you think about why so many um, Mexicanos and Latinos leave the Catholic Church mm-hmm. and how more and more new, younger generations are leaving, it's not because they don't believe and have faith and they don't have some type of connection to some other being. It's that they feel innately... The thing that their ancestors felt, which was this wrongness, of of assimilating to something that wasn't truly them.
1: Yeah, I, it feels like we're we, we don't need to hide as much as we used to to survive now, uh, which I think. I it, mean, some it, people strange. drink the Kool Aid. Some yeah. people aren't hiding; they just drink
0: the Kool Aid straight. Yeah, yeah. And from some the people Kool-Aid Kool-Aid man.
1: do believe in it, and I try really hard not to step on people's toes when it comes to different religious beliefs and faiths. My thing is, like, as long as you as an individual are not participating in or perpetuating ideas that hatred hurt people... Hatred or bigotry. People, yeah, hatred or bigotry. Like, I know, and I am close with plenty of people that are very Catholic, very Christian, and they know what my beliefs are, and we're able to just, like, respect and love on each other, which I think is what everyone says they are, but, you know, people can say one thing and be another thing. And so, yeah, I it's yeah it's and it you know back to like I guess like the original point of this conversation is again it's a very delicate idea to explore it's a very delicate you know part of who you are to explore and it takes time and it's not everyone's gonna have the answers right away and so I was I was so grateful when Tutia Bruja you know tweeted about that and like had this conversation with us because that was something that they were more familiar with and they were willing to share that information that knowledge and Um, and that's another facet of susto is trying to share information and knowledge it's like i said it's not all based in fiction and so again i think part of exploring that part of my identity is having those conversations and sometimes being faced with the idea of like oh maybe i had it wrong or "I, i may i may have misinterpreted that and kind of stepping back and being willing to accept new information which is i think something that should do regardless like in, in anything in your life you should be willing when you're faced with new information you should be willing to pause and look at it instead of being like no i already have it figured out i have the, all the answers
0: <laughs> you know i i remember this quote and i'm remembering it horribly which sucks but <laughs> um like stories or like folk tales are you know are stories that hold truth and, uh, you know, I think it comes from the movie Brave. I bet you anything, it comes from the movie Brave yeah. because I watch that incessantly.
1: If you had the chance to change your face,
0: <laughs> would
1: you? <laughs> if I you love had the ch- so My much. mom
0: is a bear.
1: <laughs> so good.
0: There's a bit of truth in every story. There's a reason why the folktale and the. And the the mysticism of it and and the tales exist because some of it happened.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Now whether it happened exactly as it was said, maybe not, but it happened to such a degree that it was so impactful to a community that it was shared and shared and shared. We don't know, like you know the the dance with the devil like do you know if it was the devil or was it someone who was out there preying on people and preying exactly on women? And, you know, when when you look at La, la Lechuza and, and, you know, is it is it a woman who was just absolutely crazy and ill and, and jealous? Like all of these things, like I'm, I'm not saying that's what the Lechuza is, but every single thing that we have a folktale about, mm-hmm. I mean, it could be true but there is truth to it. There's truth at its core. The message it's trying to tell you and trying to teach you is, is based in that. And that's its foundation. And that's what I think sometimes is really hard for people to grasp. They love the entertainment of it, but totally ignore the really big foundation of it, which is this is supposed to tell you something. Yeah,
1: what's the message behind this?
0: What is the message? Where does this come from? Like, this is where I would say, like, like shows like lore where they go back into the history and they really dig into, like, oh, and when's the first appearance and all that other crap. But that, every single story, every single story that we've heard within our lifetime, you know, La Llorona, I mean, we could talk about, you know, postpartum. Mm-hmm in La Llorona and how, you know, this woman had three kids and the dude just left her and she's, and these kids are young and she's not being taken care of. Her mental health, her physical health, you know, she is so fragile mentally and and so many women are fragile during that time. And all of these things are really veiled in in truth, in very deep-seated truths. And so is there any... Story that really for you, you go. I could see this being the truth of this folklore.
1: Yeah, it's it's so funny that, that those are the two that you brought up because those are the two <laughs> that I would say, and that I think those are two that I would I would like to revisit and redo like like a revamp of the episode because they were I think my first two episodes, mm-hmm. um, especially the Dancing with the Devil. I'm not. I don't. I need to listen to them again. I don't remember. Exactly. I'm gonna tell you right
0: now that the thing is, is what's really creepy to me is. That has happened in more than one dance club. Yeah. That story has hopped between more than one dance club. And it it really, like, gives me chills just thinking about it. Because the dance clubs of your, of course, are now so different. Mm -hmm. But it's that that ideation.
1: Yeah. So when I originally covered it again, like I said, I don't remember exactly what I went over with it, but I know that in the past I've talked about, especially the Dancing with the Devil story, how the way that I interpreted it as initially was, it was uh, it was a cautionary tell to young women. And to me, I thought it came from, I mean, it still technically kind of roots from there, from a place of misogyny and holding women to a different standard, especially young women in Latinx families and Hispanic families, especially, the eldest daughter normally you know they're oftentimes parentified and so I thought initially when I heard that story and that it was it was a tale about you know we need to it was I guess like a way to keep young women under control and to like keep them under the thumb of the family and what have you Um, and I want to clarify I am not speaking for Latinas for Hispanic women because I I will never know that experience but
0: I'm an only child and and I will say there's, there is this, like for my experience and for people that I've seen, yes, there's a sense of parentifying, but it really depends on each generation because Mm -hmm. the more modern families, it's one way. Like when we look at like, um, like water for chocolate Mm -hmm. by Laura Esquivel, that it's a classic and like. Mexico and Mexican Americans love it because it does hold that truth. I mean mm-hmm. the the it wasn't the oldest daughter, it was the youngest. Uh, yeah. So the youngest was put in a position where she had to stay home mm-hmm. and be and take care of the mother or the parents till mm-hmm. they died. Yeah, that yeah. was the the norm yeah. in those times. Mm-hmm. And and if you read the book, like I said I won't spoil it for you, but that is really the crux of it and it's it's considered a literature classic. Mm-hmm. But it is because it is very much rooted in the the culture of the 1920s to the 1950s, maybe 60s, yeah. when this was very much the norm. And unfortunately, I think that to some families, it might still be the norm.
1: Yeah, Yeah. and so that, yeah, the gist of it is that I, I initially interpreted it as this idea of like, you know, again, how do we keep the young women and families, you know, in control? How do we it sounds so ugly to say but like how do we best use them you know to the like the family's greater good which i think it's fine to be family centered and all that but at the end of the day like people are still individuals and so in in re-examining that story it's it it makes me think of like you were saying earlier you know every city has a version of this you know People in San Antonio swear it, it happened in San Antonio. People in Houston swear it happened in Houston.
0: People in the valley swear it happened in the valley. It because the- it
1: happened in the valley at Boccaccio 2000. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, and so, again, it's this idea of, like, so then maybe the message here isn't so much rooted in the idea of controlling, controlling young women, but warning women about the dangers of... Predators and obviously women are not the only people that get preyed upon, but it statistically it happens more often to women. And the not the idea, but the honestly, the pandemic of femicide and the way that women are treated and killed, women cannot walk down the street alone in a city for fear of being approached by a man. And if they don't give the right answer, if they don't placate them or like, you know, just like it's it's so horrifying to think of how women have to navigate their interactions with men so that they live i think
0: especially now with social media i think before it was almost like we women were in a bubble and we thought that these thoughts like these uh, we called them intrusive thoughts almost were just us was just this intrusive paranoia and feeling that no one else experiences. And as you know, you have TikTok and Instagram and Reels and YouTube, you start to really connect. And this is where I go back to, social media has made it to where we can have a community of people who make us feel less crazy and alone. Because especially in those situations, um, you know, a lot of people, especially men, uh, unfortunately, don't, realize how prevalent this is don't realize how literally it can go wrong place at a wrong time in less than a few seconds mm-hmm. like it's like you're fine and then all it takes is the person just driving around the block like it's mm-hmm. very uncomfortable it's 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 all it's it's like walking on eggshells every time yeah. and so it's unfortunate that it is something that we have to deal with. But it gave me such an interesting thought right now because I was saying, Oh, you know, what would be the other movie I would do? And it popped into my head as you were talking about it because it would be the hitchhiker ghost.
2: Yeah. In high school. Chills. In
0: high school. Oh, you'll you'll get it even worse now. In high school, my final for for high school in, in media tech was doing an entire storyboard of a movie that I would want to make. And I remember clear as day as you're talking about this stuff and you're talking about women and, and how they're out in the streets. And I remember clear as freaking day the, the 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 storyboards I drew in and the scene breakdowns for my version of the Hitchhiker Ghost movie, that I the short film I was going to make. And I'm like, Jesus, Mary, that is a black, like, <laughs> I went, whoa, that's like a really deep rooted memory. And I didn't even remember that. Till, like, right now.
1: <laughs> you make it happen. I mean, honestly. what's
0: interesting about that story is it's been done a few times. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, the last house on the left has kind of been, like, something to it. But, no, like, the hitchhiker ghost story, I remember. Yeah. Like, up there with Lechusa, up there with Yorona, But it was almost, like, sweet, and that's what hurt, Yeah, is that it was sweet, is that it was this person, because there's been versions of it in short film that have been done really like horror, where like the person kills the dude. Yeah. But when it's sweet, it hurts, because this person who ends up picking her up is genuinely wanting to help, is genuinely being the good Samaritan, but too late that is what hurts. It's it's being Ugh. the Good Samaritan one moment too late. Yeah.
1: It's heartbreaking.
0: That, I always remember that story because that was what was heartbreaking is that this, they just weren't there at the right time. They weren't the person that picked them up.
1: Oh my God. I, oh, I just had like a whole, like, I finished the movie for you. <laughs> <laughs> like, Oh, my God, yes. Uh, and
0: and the, the quote, I finally found the quote, okay. because this was so important to me. And I think it's one of the reasons why I love Brave. It's aged poorly. Let's not talk about that. It was animation. <laughs> We're not going to discuss it. But it's the mother, and the mother says, it's not just a story. Legends are lessons. They ring with truths. And I always remembered that because we take these legends, these folk tales, these things, these stories, and we almost treat them so haphazardly. We treat them with so much disrespect. We treat them like gossip or rumor. But yet, like we're saying, how is it that three different clubs have the devil dancing with a woman and taking a woman and she is never seen from again. Yep. How do we have the hitchhiker ghost as a as a, as, a, as a legend that everyone knows? That's one of them that almost everyone knows mm-hmm. the story of the hitchhiker ghost.
1: Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, I mean, and that's why I love the show. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> truly because like, I get to have this conversation with myself every episode. And-
0: you know that little emoji of the wallet with the wings on it just flying away? Well, that's me right now. I'm the advertiser. This is an ad for me, Veronique Medrano. Go listen to my music. I have a bunch of it. This isn't a joke. Go listen to my music on your favorite streaming platform. New songs out now are Malojo featuring El Dusty and DJ Kane and Mescal Maria featuring Beatriz Gonzalez. Or you can buy a physical CD. Are those still a thing? Okay, I'm being told they are. So go to my website, veroniquemedrano.com to go get one now. And listen to it at your mom's house because I'm sure she has a CD player. This has been your paid ad read. Welcome back to the Accordion to Me podcast with me, your host, Veronique Madrano, and with my special guest, Aiden. And we get further into the spooky, scary that is life. So... I was talking earlier about the fact that, you know, as a librarian, no, I am not the old decrepit librarian of yore, (laughs) (laughs) that I would see a lot of kids, you know, engage with with horror and and just people that were just ridiculously young. Like, I was just like, yo, um, you know, do you have younger fans of the podcast or just, you know, so far it's been a very, like...
1: I don't know, to be honest. Whenever (laughs) I look into the insights, I know... I'm able to see with the power of social media, um, <laughs> who the majority of my listeners are. And I know that it's, you know, people when they're like mid twenties to like mid thirties maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know of a lot of young people that do listen to this So what we're saying show. is the
0: folks in the mid twenties, they, they really like suddenly started to realize that life is scary. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> truly, <laughs> they need,
1: truly. they it's
0: need, uh, scary. they need to like disassociate. Yeah. <laughs> um,
1: but yeah, I don't know. I don't. And I can't remember any time that I've been approached by like, what do we mean like a young person though? We're trying to like like teenagers yes or like, teens yeah, maybe no.
0: 10 year olds i i no, i'm not even playing you're laughing but like i literally had to like be like are you sure and yeah. the parents are right behind them yeah and i'm like okay i'm well i will ask no further you know your your child better than i do yeah
1: i will say some of my listeners though they do tell me that they listen like with their kids wow. um yeah shout out to emily Um, and your sons, I know that they're (laughs) big fans, they or I hate using the word fan but like they're big supporters of the show they're big supporters
0: um,
1: and they're great and so yeah like I I, I definitely have had people tell me that they're like I listen and so my kids listen with me and they really like it Um, and I think that's really cool I mean I know I I use sometimes colorful language and I tackle some heavier subject matter but um, I think it'd be cool to know that the youths think the um, this show is interesting <laughs> enough yeah um as a fellow youth no uh <laughs> no i think it'd be cool to know that uh yeah that, that younger people are into susto and i'd love it if they were if there's any like young kids out there like just say hi and let me know that you're listening i'd love to know if you like it <laughs> i'm doing and, something right
0: and so what are some of your let's let's just go real quick top three favorite horror movies
1: okay um. So the shutter version of La Llorona. Okay. Amazing. Um, Hell House LLC, and I've told you about this one, where these people they buy like uh, an abandoned hotel motel, and they want to turn it into like a haunted house attraction, but they end up uh, buying more than they bargained for. <laughs> um, and it's a really great movie. It's kind of found footage, but there's like they're documenting the process. So there's like cameras throughout the place. And so I really liked it. And I would also have to say, and these are in no particular order, but I will say, I think for the final three, it would be a toss up between the Blair Witch Project just because of how groundbreaking that movie was. And how it really had people fooled into thinking that it was real. Real, um, and
0: you know it's so unfortunate that now people don't give it as i mean i think i'm starting to see a resurgence of respect but once people found out it wasn't real it was like these people were just so like cast out yeah like only one of the cast members really made it big in the industry
1: yeah people were mad they were mad that it wasn't real like how dare you fool me and like i think there was i'm, I'm not sure i haven't seen it in a long time but i want to say there was a disclaimer at some point in the movie either like before at the very end they were like, by the way, this was
0: no, they didn't for years they didn't put it. They made a whole website. and mind you, this is the like inception of the internet and mm-hmm. like more it, the fact that even 5% of internet users went to that site the most, When there's like, let's just say only 10,000. I'm just making up Mm -hmm. a number. But it was a really small number. It's not like the number now where everyone and their mom has a website and everyone and their mom has the internet on their phone. Like, no, this was like... AOL, dial up, like, (laughs) like, it was those vibes. So, like, the fact that if you got online and that people were just so intrigued by this movie that they would use that dial up time to go and look this up really says a lot about how it impacted society, how it impacted the culture. But what people don't talk about, obviously, is just the way it was...
1: Improv. It was, yeah. it was,
0: it's one of the best improv movies ever made.
1: Yeah. That one. Yeah. Again, it's so groundbreaking. That one. And again, it was a toss up with um, As Above So Below. Mm, which okay. it, that one's also, you know, I'm, I have, I get really bad motion sickness. And so, like, I don't play first person shooter games. Mm. And I say that I don't like found footage movies, but like, it's two more than or the three movement. of them. Yeah. It's the movement. So, like, As Above So Below. That one—it's a found footage movie, and it's these people—it's these people documenting their exploration into the Paris catacombs, and so. I've heard of that
0: movie. I like
1: it a lot. You know what and it reminds great.
0: me of, though, mm-hmm. uh, which is one of my favorite movies that fucked me up was *The Descent*.
1: Yes, I don't remember it <laughs> Because it came out, it came out a, a while ago um, But I do remember I still that, say like, the
0: villain of the movie Is not the creatures in the cave It is that stupid best friend That slept with her husband I don't care if I spoiled it for you I said what I said
2: That's true uh, that's, who I,
0: that's who I think is truly the villain It's not the creatures It is the friend And it, honestly, it's humans It's mm-hmm. human hubris Watch the movie. Yes, I'm telling you. Like when you I'm watch gonna it, I'm going to it. It's been y- so long. Yeah, like when you watch it from that lens, you're like, like, or when you watch it from the lens of like, okay, we're watching this, and and just kind of like just getting the experience. It's really un. Unco- it's uncomfortable. It's an uncomfortable movie. There's so much discomfort because of like just the claustrophobia. Everything about it, cinematically, is gorgeous, gorgeous, yeah. and it reminds me of that. It reminds me of as above, so below, because. Yeah. Anything that has that sense of, like, your space is being crowded is uncomfortable oh, so as hell. I hate that, yeah.
1: So, yeah, I think it would be it would be those. In no particular order.
0: No particular order. Like I said, the descent. Um, the other one for me would be paranormal activity. Make fun of me all you want. That shit scared the fuck out of me. I went to a screening, could not sleep for 48 hours. Yeah,
1: those were groundbreaking, too. Like, when they started coming out, especially the first one, I know people were shook like well because it, it
0: it it tried to pull i will say this the marketing and i remember this because it was my first year in college it was almost like the fervor for blair witch yeah. not as good because obviously you have the internet mm-hmm. and people were like this can't be real yeah this isn't real mm-hmm. but they pulled off it almost felt like a ripoff of blair witch but not because yeah. eventually yes like they didn't let it last years mm-hmm like that other movie did. And so they were very clear, like, this is a fucking movie. But it was, it was how it played with the fear of sounds in your home and yeah. how it played with that fear. And there was never a movie prior to that that ever focused on those sounds. And I think that, to me, is what's groundbreaking about it. Not that it was a found footage film. It The entire thing is scripted. There's nothing about it that is, like, improv from what I'm going to understand, outside of, like, maybe reactions to certain things. Mm-hmm. But, Outside of that, this is a very scripted movie, but it was the sounds. It was the way you react. I, I give props to the Mexican housekeeper who said, fuck this shit oh. and left. <laughs> they had a housekeeper, and she said, nope, and fucked off. She's like, I don't need the job. Bye. Truly. And she left. Um, the other one is, um, and this is kind of more in the leaning of, of modern, so you, you can tell there's a theme here, um, Midsommar.
1: Oh, I still I we talked about this last time. I still haven't finished it.
0: <laughs> it's one of those movies that you really have to be in the mood to watch it because yeah. it is long. Mm-hmm. Or I don't know why. Maybe it's not as long. Maybe I just watched the director's cut. I think I watched the director's cut because yeah. there's a there's a version out that's that's Three hours long. Oh my gosh. And yeah. there's an there's a version out that I think cuts out 30 minutes, if I'm correct.
1: Yeah, no, it's definitely a movie that I would I want to sit down and pay attention to it. There's movies that like I'll go into like, oh, it's fine. Like I might talk throughout it at home, not in theater. I might talk throughout it or like, you know, do whatever. But there's some movies where I'm like, this is something I want to sit down and watch, like hereditary, also an A24. Film. I
0: still haven't seen that one. I haven't seen the That's lamb. one. That
1: I really there's love. a
0: one called like Lamb or bah, is what bah. <laughs> I'm so sorry A24 <laughs> did not come for me and there's another there's been such interesting movies coming out of A24 I will oh, yeah. say that um, what are movies that you're looking forward to that are going to be coming out
1: <sighs> I don't even know I'd like, I feel like I'm so caught up with things that I'm what movies are coming out I-
0: knock at the cabin door I think that's what it's called. So 100. that trailer came out. It has Dave Bautista, Ron Weasley. I am so sorry to the guy who plays him. Yes.
1: yes I know you're talking yes. about. That. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm excited for that one. I know there's that supposed one, to be some sort of like twist. It's M. Night
0: Shyamalan. There is okay. always a twist yeah, with M. Night yeah, Shyamalan. Yeah,
1: yeah, I'm excited to see that That one,
0: one I, I randomly stumbled upon it on YouTube, and I was like, oh, okay, okay. This one's going to be funny. Cocaine bear.
1: Oh, my God. Yeah. Yes, 100%. I Give just, me the
0: bear on cocaine. Give it all to me.
1: The different stories that I've heard about this bear. And it's I'm like, a true
0: story. Yeah. It's, or it's based. Okay, not the whole movie. Well, yeah. But it's based on a true story of a bear. Yeah. stumbles
1: upon pounds <laughs> of cocaine in the forest that were seemingly abandoned and just goes on this, like, Coke rampage. He's, like, trying to start a business with his friends, and he's really excited about it. Um, <laughs> I'm excited to see that one, just because it's so it's insane. different than, like, I think anything that's out there right now. It's, like... And it's funny, again, because it's based on, like, true events.
0: Everything about the trailer, it, it features... Oh my god! I'm trying to remember the name of the guy. It features this uh, Italian actor, Ray Liotta. It's his. It's one of his last movies that he made before he passed away. I
1: haven't even seen the the trailer for it. Oh my god! You
0: need to. It is. It is absolutely uproariously hilarious, crazy masterpiece. Oh my god! I'm pulling like a Lady Gaga (laughs) masterpiece. (laughs) Original.
1: (laughs) Never been done before. Oh
0: my, god. oh my god and I'm trying to think uh, you know what they haven't really been putting out a lot of horror trailers that I've seen mm-hmm. um outside of those two that I've really like been like oh my god that that's come up yeah um if a third one comes around cool because I know a24 always has something yeah a24 sure. always has something so'm I'm, I'm intrigued to see what they do um actually you know what I take it back um Flanagan Flanagan has a show coming out he did um the haunting on hill house he did the haunting series so if you remember those shows he has another one he has a show coming out I can't remember I think it's with Netflix I think but it's um it is an Edgar Allan Poe story and it is featuring Mark Hamill and I am just over the moon I think oh the, the fall of the house of usher
1: Okay, I'm not familiar. I'm not familiar <laughs> with the sto- no no, I'm not familiar <laughs> okay. with the
0: story. I just know it's really creepy and macabre and okay. I'm just going to count that. Yeah, even I though mean, it's, it's a show, Al and
1: po, I'm going to be into it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna
0: to be I'm going to vibe. Yeah. I'm going to vibe with that. Mm-hmm. Definitely vibe. I don't know what's going on with the paranormal activity canon series whatever. They have said that another Saw movie is coming out. Really? With the girl yeah. From the first, from the series that that's been in the series for quite some oh, time. Oh, that's
1: interesting. I want to see that. Especially
0: because Chris Rock was doing like Spiral, and they were making this whole thing that they were going to continue that, and then they stopped because I don't think the numbers were great for that movie. But yeah. yes, there is some interesting movie. I think this year mm-hmm. truly was the year of horror
1: movies. This yeah, year, there like, was a lot of great movies out there. Like so
0: much, mm-hmm. like there was so much from A twenty four, so much from Amazon. I mean Amazon did that like um I'm trying to remember the name of it but it was like a uh, like vignettes
2: mm-hmm. like
0: they were they were films but they were all like little shorts mm-hmm. and they were like some of them took place in a house so like there was one about a bingo hall with like this Mexican woman as like the lead.
1: Oh my god, I haven't seen that.
0: Oh my god, you have to. Okay. That that was what was interesting this year and last year pretty much during the pandemic that A24, Amazon, Netflix, all of these companies really invested in horror. And I loved it. Yeah. I absolutely loved it. Now, and I mean, they're even investing in it now because it's just, it's more money.
1: Yeah. So if y'all want to invest in Sustin. <laughs> like me yeah, I guess that I'm open now. to it I know, like right? Projects. I'm like, <laughs> wink, wink, nod, nod. Anyway. Oh, you know which one I do want to see? Because mm. you said invest now and it reminded me of call me now. I want to see Call Me Now. The it's like a docu series, I think. Oh, about yes, Yeah. About I'm not sure Leo. if it's a documentary or a docu series. No,
0: it's a docu series.
1: Yeah, I want to see that one because yes, so, I, I loved, remember those growing up. I remember hearing that It was Her and
0: Walter Mercado.
1: Yes. Those
0: that was my youth. The, my youth those was Those are my
1: parents. Yes, They're like her. Me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, Her and Walter Mercado was just were some of the biggest most iconic people in the mysticism, you know, I wouldn't call it brujería or curandería. I yeah. would definitely just say just mysticism <laughs> yeah. in the mysticism space. Yeah. And so I watched that Walter Mercado documentary. Yeah, me too. Gorgeous. So it
2: touching. was so I good.
0: But it really, it respectfully and in in a way that you can talked about some of the more complicated aspects of his history and his life and the things that he went through and and just how. I mean, in a, in a way, just seeing the, the Cleo documentary, that happened. They are also coming out um, here within the new year, mm-hmm. a documentary and a show called The Mayfair Witches. And then there's a documentary followed up along with it that I just saw the trailer for that's supposed to coincide with that release of that Anne Rice TV show that they're making, mm-hmm. which is I think it's called Witches Now. And it's talking with women who are big in the space. Wow. And so just like you're seeing this trend Mm -hmm. of like mysticism, occult, folklore, all of these things starting to just have... It's interesting Mm -hmm. because you look at the 70s and you look at the 80s and you look at the movies and the tales and all this stuff, and it wasn't popular. Mm -hmm. It almost felt like... You were the nerd, and you were weird. Yeah. And now, I mean, first it was the murder mystery, mm-hmm. the murder podcast. That All yeah. that was super huge for a while. And then it shifted to this. Yeah. And it's interesting, the content that's coming out. Mm-hmm. And so, with that in mind, where do you, like, where do you see... Yourself in the space, because I know you've said like, "Oh, it's just me," but like, realistically, you're one of the only few people that that has had any honors, any accolades. It's such a huge space for what you do.
1: Yeah, I will say I I am, even though I do often kind of minimize it. I am really proud of like how much I've accomplished with it, and like the recognition that I've gotten, and like, you know, with any creator, you or Most, if not all, you know, you keep track of the numbers and you see where you land on the playing field. And I see that a lot of the time I am in and out of, like, the top 100 lists on, like, Apple and Spotify. (laughs) Yeah, and it's really wild to see because I see that. And then I think there are so many podcasts out there. And Mm -hmm. for each category of podcasts, there's, like, there's so, so many shows out there. And, um... Yeah, it, it's wild to see. And I think the biggest thing that I've learned in the last like year or so, and I think I mentioned this to you when you were on so is that the worst thing to do is to compare, because compare mm-hmm. and despair. And there's, there's, I don't think there's anything tr- truer than that for a creator, is mm-hmm. to compare and despair. And so I really had to stop doing that, because it got to a point where I was doing it so much that I was just so disheartened about my own numbers, and I really had to take a step back and think about like, you know, why are you doing this? Why is it important to you? You know, if it's not your time now, it might be your time later. And I've talked about this with friends where as much as I love the show and I love making it and I love the conversations that I can have with people, I do also want to live out, you know, the the dream of like making it my full-time thing. You know, I would love to have that support me i would love to be a full-time entertainer because i do see myself as a, as an entertainer when it comes to susto i'm a storyteller i'm a producer i'm a writer a researcher a sound designer <laughs> i do it all and so the Knox,
0: man don't forget the knocks. <laughs> Yes.
1: and so um yeah it's i at, you're on a network to top it all off. It's
0: not like Mm -hmm. you're doing, I mean, I'm sure you were doing this before, you know, at the start, you know, very much on your own, Mm -hmm. but that is also what just like blows my mind is that you're on a network Mm -hmm. and, and being a a podcast on a network is not an easy task. There is a lot, I'm sure that rides on it. There's numbers and and stuff like that, but you are just basing it on yourself. You're not allowing it to be based on, Oh, okay, well, what about this person? What about that person? What about that person? And, what is the importance of owning your work? What's the importance of the ownership of what you're doing?
1: That was my first and my biggest question when I was approached by the network was how much of my intellectual property am I going to retain? You know, Whether I decide to leave or you all decide to let me go, whatever the answer may be in the future, um, like how much of this am I going to own at the end of it? And it wasn't even how much am I going to own is am I going to keep it? Because that's one thing I will never want to give up is mm-hmm. that Susto is it's my project. It's my concept. It's it's my baby. <laughs> like, you know, like I, I just said, I, I I do all of those things on my own. I'm a one person team. And I don't know if that'll be different in the future um, because I like it. <laughs> I like have like being able to like have full creative control and to execute it the way that I want to. Um, but yeah, like if there are any creators out there, <laughs> definitely ask that question. That should be your biggest question. It shouldn't be how much am I going to make? What are you going to do for me? Who are you going to connect me with? Those are all great questions. Yes. But you should always, always protect your intellectual property and your ideas. Um, yeah. Because- Cause so
0: many podcasters, so many podcasts uh, get, get, into these legal squabbles mm-hmm. way after the fact, way after they've built the following. Yeah. And it's it's about protection from the start. Yeah. And something else that people may not know about you, and we've talked about the spooky and the scary and all that good stuff, but... Something that people don't know about you is that you craft. You you yeah. do you do something else as as, as your job and, and I got to see some of those pieces and so tell us a little bit about that. Tell us a little bit about the other part of the artistic aspect of you.
1: Yeah, definitely. So that's something that really shines through with uh, with the Patreon for Susto because I I'm I've always been like a big crafter. For a brief moment I had an Etsy shop when I was between like full-time jobs. Um, and so, um, I, you know, I still have all this stuff. And the reason that I really dove into that and had the Etsy shop is because I wanted to invest in the supplies and the equipment to make things for Susto's listeners. Mm-hmm. And so part of the Patreon is that I, uh, depending on, you know, which tier you're in, I send out monthly mail. A lot of the time I will, like, make the cards myself or, like, embellish them myself or um, I'll, I'll make people custom stickers, like custom Susto stickers. I make with my own hands in my home office. <laughs> um, you have
0: such a cute home office. I you. love it. I will not be showing photos, but <laughs> this is a cute home office. You just have to trust me. Yeah,
1: and yeah, I just, I love making stuff. And it's kind of like a, it's like a, I, I've, I've written it before in like the thank you notes. is like, it's a token of my appreciation because like, I I don't know what else to give back like i like obviously like, you know i'm, I'm producing the show i'm giving the show but i'm just like i'm so grateful and appreciative anytime someone takes the time to listen to the show and then they end up liking it and they keep listening and they tell other people about it and so yeah i'd like to just you know make little things for people and <laughs> send them out to them <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah so.
0: and so knowing that it's that it's a new year why do you think people are so scared of the new year?
1: Because of last year. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a really rough couple years. It's been a really hard couple years and and I'm going to keep patting myself on the back. I commend myself for one making it through myself, you know, all of you for everyone <laughs> making it through these last couple <laughs> of years. <laughs> yeah. And and there's no shame if people didn't. Life is very fucking hard and I'm very honest about that with people sometimes with friends in the past, you know, they've brought up issues that they're having and sometimes there's no answer other than that sucks. <laughs> <laughs> like, there, there, there truly it's are true, some things that, like, are very hard to control and very hard to change and sometimes... And I only laugh
0: sucks. because I'm just like, fuck, like...
1: It's better to be honest with people. No, so it is, like, but it
0: just sucks to say that. Like, yeah. sometimes people message me and, like, I wish I had, like, just... I am such a person that has a lot of empathy for people and sometimes I have to really shut it off because I can get into this zone of worry and concern and fear and just like, it, it's almost like a, not a self-fulfilling prophecy, but just like this cycle that just will not stop. Like if, if I don't stop it, it's not going to stop. It's yeah. a train that's going to keep going. And so I always <laughs> notice like people get into this really melancholy, sad place because of the sense, the um, the impending doom of a new year. Mm-hmm. And you immediately start looking back at the year you had or yeah. the years you've had and feeling this sense of just dread. Yeah. And it's taken me a long time to get to a place where I'm like, oh, okay, I'm good. But a lot of people don't have that luxury and I'm Mm -hmm. aware of that. And yes, like I laugh because I'm like, shit, like there is really no good way to to respond to some of the shit that your friends uh, tell you. Like sometimes it is two steps forward and one step back, but that one step back literally can feel like a thousand steps Mm -hmm. back in the moment, but it really is only one step
1: yeah, and I, I want to clarify. <laughs> Whenever friends or people come to me with issues, I'm not like mm, that's that a <laughs> like I still like you know try and offer. If people want advice, I will try and offer. I will try and help in ways that I can. But again, there are some things that like even I can't change, and so yeah, um, I
0: have minimized my circle of of people that I even talk to about personal things, mm-hmm. and because sometimes you just got to be. Big boy, big girl, big they and mm-hmm. just deal with it.
1: Yeah. Also, I so like I said, I talk about the like non-fiction things when it comes to these stories and like I do try and demystify certain subjects, but I also am a believer, I do practice and uh there are there are power in words and ojo is the real thing, I believe. So yes. my biggest piece of advice to my friends sometimes is stop saying things. Stop posting things on the internet. Because- Oh, that is
0: so hard.
1: And especially with, there have been times like before I signed on with my current network, I was so excited to say something, but I literally didn't say anything until the paperwork was signed.
0: Until the ink is dry. I didn't even
1: tell everyone that I knew personally until like I was close to getting there because you just like, even if someone has the best like hopes and wishes for you, like, you just, you don't know. Even what's though you're happen. cool with somebody, <laughs> doesn't yeah.
0: mean they're always cool with Especially you.
1: Especially on the internet, you don't know who's <laughs> out there, who's lurking, who's looking. Like, you just, you don't know. So that's my biggest <laughs> thing. If, you're, if
0: we're going to talk about ojo, oof, that's a mm-hmm. whole nother bag. Like, when I wrote Malojo, it came from that place of when I was first in the music industry, I was just doe eyed, happy, mm-hmm. whatever. And I didn't protect myself. I kept saying things. I kept talking about things. Now people are like always wondering what the hell I'm doing here, (laughs) there, everywhere. And it's because like I don't say shit. I don't say shit anymore. (laughs) Not because these things aren't happening. But I, like you said, I'd rather the ink be dry. Because Mm -hmm. I have spent too many times at a yerberia trying to deal with this bullshit that some people do. That it may be somebody you don't even know. It really could. And I always tell people, at the beginning of... Or if you feel funky at the end of the year, or if you feel weird at the beginning of the year, you know what? This is where I say, go to a yerberia, go to a pulga, go to a flea market, go and get yourself. If not sage, you know, there's so many other options for Mm. things to burn and smudge to really get your shit together.
1: Or go to your local Brujex or Curandero. Yes, Curandera. like aid them for their service if you can to... Help you. Yes,
0: because you know what? Sometimes, and I know some people go, well, that's not true. Well, that doesn't work. You know, you should just pray to Jesus. Well, you know what? Jesus literally <laughs> said, sometimes you got to do shit yourself. Quote unquote. Maybe not the correct quote, but I said what Verbatim, I said. Verbatim,
1: that is what <laughs> that Jesus of just- Christ said. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know what? He said it. He, they, they
1: said it, okay?
0: And- no, truly.
1: I mean, do what you have to do.
0: Yes, like, like, if you need to get the fuck away from people, if you need a social detox, if you need to not have shit on your phone, if you just do it, I'm going to be Shia LaBeouf. Do it! Like, I, like, do, do it!
1: Right. <laughs> that's, that's actually been one of my, my recent practices to, like, kind of protecting my pieces. I'll start... Typing a reply on like Facebook or Twitter, Instagram, oh, wherever. My God, yes. I'll start typing it and halfway through, I'm like, Do you want to do this? Like, do you really want to start this conversation and ha- have it take over the next oh, my God. hour? Because unfortunately, sometimes oh, I'm a troll,
0: sometimes I want it. Oh, yeah. Some- sometimes for I'm sure. like, Oh no. That's what you oh, have to no. ask yourself and be Yeah, ready. like, <laughs> Am I ready for this? And it's happened on Twitter, it's happened on Facebook, it's happened on Instagram, mm-hmm. and sometimes I'm cool with it, but I'm doing it less and less and less. Mm-hmm. Because I just don't have time for it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, There's de- yeah, there's been, like I said, a lot of times so where I'm typing it out and I'm like, actually, I have plans later today. I don't want to be thinking about this later. No. And I'm the type of person that will. I'm a cancer. I feel big.
0: Oh, I my God. Lot. So I know <laughs> my that. My mom is a cancer. I know that I will yes. angry
1: cry about something. And I'm oh, like, yeah. I don't want this to bother me later. So guess what? Delete, I'm not going to engage. And you know what? What really sucks is
0: sometimes I don't engage and I still cry about it. But I'd rather do that than expend extra energy fighting somebody. I would rather privately deal with it.
1: Reinvest your energy.
0: Yes. And so that is so interesting because back on the topic of Ojo, sometimes we don't even realize that we fear procrastinate. And talking about fear, fear procrastination is real it is because you are nervous or worried or fearful of the results of something that you're doing i literally had been talking about putting this podcast together for at least four years Mm. had the idea wrote it down everything i had put out one episode the pandemic hit i did not want to deal with it anymore Mm -hmm. i was like no this is sucks no one's gonna like it da 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 no one's saying shit. Like, this is <laughs> it's, all it's me. You, yeah. This is all me. This is the, the, the voice of fear, which if you ever have read a book called The Alchemist, you will better understand the voice of fear. And I
1: haven't read it, but it's my boyfriend's favorite book.
0: It, there is a reason why that book, if you haven't read it yet, it is super big into mysticism. It's super big in such a way that like deals with God in a very bigger way. It deals deals with mysticism in a way that blends in with, with, you know, the the religion that people really, like, gravitate to. But it talks about fear and fear procrastination and fear itself, the voice of fear, the voice of it in your head is there because it's a survival trait. Yeah. But it's not what you should be guiding your entire life by. You should use it as like a, hey, I am going to check this out, but if I'm still good and my gut is telling me I'm good, then I'm just gonna go for it. And eventually that voice will chill out, but you have to listen to it. Like you have to listen to it, but you don't have to act on it all the time. And that was the beautiful thing about fear in that book And I think that when we look at things that are otherworldly to the everyday life, we need to take these lessons from these otherworldly creatures and the things that we're getting. Because at the end of the day, do we want to be the legend or do we want to be here? Do we want to be the past or do we want to be the present? Yeah. And has there ever been a time in which fear has ever ruled over your life
1: yeah yeah definitely like I said I went through that period I want to say I call it the first season of the pandemic but like that first like half year I think of the pandemic where I went on a hiatus with the show and just because of what was happening in the world around me and like within my life I was between work and it was a really like scary point for me and there was a lot of unknowns and a lot of bad things happening in the world. And so I kind of, number one, let that kind of interfere with the production of the show. And it was, the show was something that brings me joy. It brought me joy. And so because I wasn't doing it, it just became this kind of cycle of like, I don't have this thing that was making me happy. And then because I wasn't doing it and it wasn't making me happy, I started looking at like the numbers and how much they dwindled and, how how successful other people were, and I will never forget. I went, and I haven't told many people about this, but I went on a, on a walk with my boyfriend one day, when the the CDC was like, you know, take a a mental health walk because y'all are stuck indoors right now, and you're uh, like,
0: okay, CDC, yeah, I have
1: <laughs> not. That's gonna fix my brain. <laughs> um. So yeah, we went on this walk. Are and- we saying
0: sorry to Fauci right now? <laughs>
1: Uh. Leave him alone. So um, (laughs) we went on this walk, and I had just finished seeing something online. I saw someone, like, their video or their account had, like, this really high number. And, like, obviously, part of my brain is, like, there. I've always said this. Like, I I truly believe there's space for all of us. And I, and I, I was happy for them, and I wanted to be happy for them. But then again, with everything that was happening and like it all piled on. And so I looked at it and I put my phone down and then we went for a walk. And then we're just talking about, you know, like the future, like what it would look look like for us. And I started thinking about the show and I just started bawling. Mm-hmm. And we were walking around UTRGV because we, <laughs> we lived nearby at the time. Mm-hmm. And thankfully the campus was, it was pretty empty at the time. And so it was just like bawling, walking the Bronck trail. And he was like, what is going on? He was like, are you okay? What's wrong? And I started telling him and I was like, I I was like, I think I'm going to stop doing susto. I think I'm going to take it down. And he was like, what are you talking about? And I was like, it's just, there's nothing happening. It's not working. And again, I've never shied away from the fact that I, I want, I kind of like, I want it to be like my big break, you know, like I want it to be successful and I want to be known for it. And I want it to bring me stability and like to sustain my life uh, because I I like I said I love it and it brings me joy and I believe it I believe in it now. <laughs> uh, in that moment, not so much, but I was like, I'm gonna stop. I was like, I'm I'm not gonna do it anymore because it's not working and it's just like I don't think anyone enjoys it and like just like all these like again shit that nobody was saying. To nobody
0: me. was saying it. And, it was all inside of yeah. you. The the voice of fear was just front and center truly fuck. truly
1: and my boyfriend he was like
0: it almost sounds like a really mean version of you yeah and i hate that bitch oh
1: fuck <laughs> no as ruPaul says my inner saboteur that inner uh, saboteur
0: is an absolute cunt and not in the good way a
1: menace yeah and so my boyfriend was like he really I, i'm going to get emotional <laughs> he like he really talked me down from that ledge and he kind of like brought me from his point of view, like the outsider perspective, even though he sees me making the show, he's still like not me, you know? So mm-hmm. he's like, he sees the show happening and he sees me doing it. And, you know, he saw that I, I was in that like hiatus and it wasn't, there was nothing moving for it. But he like talked me down from that. And he was like, people love your show. He was like, people reach out to you. Like just reminding me of like what the truth was. And he was like, I understand what you mean. He was like, give this thought some time. Don't let this, like, this is the first time you're telling me about it. Mm-hmm. So don't let this be the first time you're telling me, and that's your decision. Like, think about it. Like, really think about it and step back. And, like, and oh. so I did. And, yeah, like, there was there was that moment where Susto almost was no more. And I am
0: um, so I'm happy. I'm sorry. <laughs> I should not be getting emotional. Like, I you're
1: such a light stop it oh no (laughs) you're such a light
0: in this space and I say this from a place of truly understanding what that inner saboteur can do because it is such a bitch
1: yeah and it's strong it's scary how strong it is but you you know you just at the end of the day I think I think you know people are able to do it alone but sometimes you just you need good people around you you need people who believe you and like- I
0: just don't think we talk enough about how a community can help fight back the monster within. Truly, and in that moment, that's what he was for you. Yeah, and I remember that feeling, um, and I think we all get it as creatives. We all, as as creative people, even with just an inkling of creative creativity, whatever type of creativity you have. During the pandemic, all these people, you know, they were, there's musicians, they were doing um, live streams, all this stuff. And I always say the thing that saved my life was the pandemic. Um, I had had way too many health issues, nothing having to do with COVID. My body was just shutting down. And I thought, like, if this is the, the last thing I get to do in this world, if this is the last bit of air that I breathe, and i've done everything i can do and i was ready to go it's horrible it's horrible feeling that way and i say i say it this with true honesty sometimes the biggest fear that we have of death is because we look at all of the things we didn't do yet all of the dreams that we didn't dream yet i I remember watching soul with my parents oh my god. and I had just gotten out of the hospital, like in like three months prior and really relating to that character because that our fear is always of the, what could have
2: been.
1: Yeah. And I also feel like I'm, I'm at a place after that experience mm-hmm. and the continuing susto. Like I said, like I figured it out. I'm having fun with it. It brings me joy. Mm-hmm. I want to keep doing it and I'm still not rich and famous, (laughs) you know, you're famous, (laughs) almost, almost there. Um, but no, like I feel like I'm at a point where even if I don't make it to like there, to there, whatever there is, you know, even if it doesn't take me there, I have finally reached a point where again, I am happy with it and I love it. Yeah. And I feel fulfilled by it. And I know that like, I can say that I've done something.
0: And in regards to culture, why do you feel that representation Mm -hmm. of our stories by us Mm -hmm. is so important?
1: I don't know if I'll make anyone mad. (laughs) But I've I've said this before on, on other shows, is that This is
0: not an original thought. You can go to every other podcast (laughs) and he said it.
1: (laughs) I've never had an original thought. No, This Uh, is
0: already canned and in the bag.
1: It's that it's so the best way I can explain that is when we think about the movie La Llorona and the treatment that it got. Mm -hmm. And so for me, the difference, the biggest difference between La Llorona, the Guatemalan version and La Llorona, the one from The Conjuring Universe, is that, and this is my perspective, is the Guatemalan version told this heartbreaking story in a very beautiful conceptual way about the Guatemalan genocide. And it used this iconic story that we all know. (laughs) Whereas the-
0: The Conjuring was just a bastardization. That pissed me off. It
1: centered a white family.
0: It 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 made the Mexican woman look like a crazy person. Mm-hmm. It, every Mexican or Latino that was on screen was just like a hyper, hyper, re, hyper version of themselves. Like, I don't know how to explain that in any other way. It was just it was too much. It was like it was an oversaturated version of of a Latino and Mexican. Every time they were on screen. Yeah. While these kids and these people, these, you know, this white family was just, they were almost like, oh no. Yeah. Like they and felt like the little lambs, and like we were just these, these just over overexposed, oversaturated, just people.
1: Yeah. And the reason that <coughs> are you done? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I'm dead. Like, I would have died like, right like, there. That's like, that's like, no, well, the reason that it kind of like rubs me a wrong way about the Conjuring universe, Yorona, and how that centered a white family is, I like I, I don't have anything white against white people. I have white friends. No, um, the um, the All reason right. again that that rubbed me the wrong way is because that was kind of like. I think that's the most attention that one of our stories got, you know? That was, like, the biggest platform People I think that got People were so gotten.
0: excited. Mm. Like, there was such an expectation for that film. Yeah. And when they f- saw the first trailer, they're like, ooh, this is interesting. Because the first trailer is always, like, that teaser trailer, so it doesn't show everything. Yeah. It's like a, what, like a 15-second sizzle yeah. reel, practically. Mm. But the second one,
1: fuck. Yeah. I'm sorry, Mom. I said fuck <laughs> too many times in this episode. But that I'm a bad influence. I'm sorry, <laughs> but uh. I'm
0: quite serious. That I didn't watch it. Like after I saw that second trailer, and a lot of people got pissed off when they saw that second trailer because you already saw what was coming. You already saw how these people were going to get treated, mm-hmm. and you know the fact that Mexican and Latino film critics were just like, "This sucks." this is not an adequate representation yeah. why are you doing this to our our culture and our folklore and and the things that are very tied to
1: our culture i feel like when you get and that's again why it's it's important that you retain as much ownership about your ideas because i don't know whose idea originally this movie was but uh, anything in like the entertainment industry it's going to go through rounds and rounds of not only pre-production or approval but like editing and like you know so who knows what That movie started out as, and what it could have been, and like what changes were made to where it came out the way that it did.
0: If I'm correct, The Conjuring is a Warner Brothers project, a Warner Brothers product. So we all know how Warner Brothers is. So we know it's gonna be ass. So, but here's what's Warner
1: Brothers. That's not my opinion. I'm open to collaborations (laughs) and sponsorships. Girl, they they took (laughs) out every single. They took out
0: every single Latino product on there. I don't know, man.
1: Yeah. yeah. (laughs)
0: So here's a, this is interesting. So uh, I looked up the reviews Mm -hmm. for this. So Mary M. Doyle.
1: (laughs) Stop, Doyle's my boyfriend's last name.
0: So she gave it zero (laughs) out of five stars, but she could only give it one because it wouldn't let her give zero.
1: (laughs) Oh my God.
0: I'm sick and tired of Hollywood making a career of mocking Catholicism with their lack of knowledge concerning the powers of a Catholic priest. It has become an indelible mark of holy orders upon his soul, along with the indelible mark of baptism. Yo, this is a whole book. She went
1: in. She went in. She went off.
0: Yes. Oh,
1: uh, my God.
0: Oh, my God.
1: <laughs> I need to have her on.
0: You know what? Here's. Oh, but it got, oh, my God, this is bad. So uh, I'm sorry, Linda Cardellini, but this was not a good choice for you.
1: I do love her though. I love her, but she didn't is, write it. She didn't do
2: It <laughs> she did, It
0: was
1: she, just a paycheck, you guys. Yeah, she simply did her job.
0: She simply so on the tomato meter, the audience scored thirty five percent, and for reviewers it got twenty eight percent. This is probably one of the worst movies in the franchise, and um, so. Uh, Somebody wrote, I was so bored and so depressed by the mechanics of it. A formulaic slab of supernatural dirge is destined to be forgotten by years or perhaps even by the month's end. Drag. Yeah, so that's insane.
1: Wow. Well, we're not the only ones that felt that way, like you said.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, there was, I mean, you could tell that. Like, whenever these big IPs, especially... This is one of the few that really bases its entire thing on folklore and mysticism and says, oh, the folklore is real, but they never execute it quite right. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it's that seems to be a thing. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it makes sense that when we're saying, like, okay, let's get adequate representation, it has to be on all boards. It has to be in the writer's room. It has to be in the cultural supervisors. Was there any... Mm-hmm. Who were they? You know, there's so many people. You know, we just finished talking with Lalo. Like, Lalo is a well-known cultural supervisor. David Bulls, another person that I've had on the podcast, really huge cultural supervisor. There's yeah. so many of these people out there.
1: And they had them for, we were just talking about it earlier, for Wakanda Forever. Yes. There were, and the, the feedback from that, uh, that I saw online from, uh, like, indigenous Communities are people who study indigenous. It was mixed,
0: but, but yeah. it was overall yeah. positively leaning. Yeah, the
1: majority of it was like, no, yeah, they did a good to decent job. And, you know, that's what happens when, again, when you involve people throughout the process of a project. And not just a name at any random point, but again, throughout it and constantly consulting. And, like I said earlier, being willing to accept... Yeah. new information. Hire Aiden as a cultural it. consultant no, for your I'm next horror
0: movie. <laughs> for your next horror IP that features uh. <laughs> anything Hispanic or Latinx.
1: You know what? Yeah, hire right, me. We'll figure it out.
2: <laughs> we'll figure it out. <laughs> oh my God.
0: And as always, we, we wrap up the show talking about what is life accordion to you?
1: Uh, life accordion to me is it's a it's a big haunted house and I think it would be fun to be a ghost and to haunt people and to mess with them because I think being scared and scaring people is fun as much as I am a scaredy cat um, but like any haunted house there is history with it there's a story to it and I think life is about making the making the history you know everything that happens to the house before it's haunted you know and so build your haunted house in whichever way you want it and haunt it with the stories of your life you know I don't know just that sounds so corny you
0: know what I was gonna say Live your life like Luigi's Mansion. (laughs)
1: Yes. Oh, my God. I love that game. You know, build your haunted house, invite your ghoul friends, and... One sec. Actually, no. Why did she do that? Why did she do that? I didn't even... Did it... It's on airplane mode. What the fuck? It's... I don't know if you can see that, but it's on airplane mode. <laughs> Why did she do that? Of course it's me. On your coffee? <laughs> so... <laughs> I didn't know Siri still worked if she was on airplane mode, but I did not say, hey, hey Siri, at any point. <clears throat> It has to be me.
0: Invite your ghoul cool friends. It didn't say anything this time.
1: Siri said bet. Bet! I am your ghoul cool friend. Oh my god, okay.
2: Okay, we're back after leaving the room to make sure that the ghost had its time. Oh
0: my god, everybody, thank you so much for another amazing episode of Accordion to Me podcast with me. Veronique Medrano, my wonderful guest, Aiden Castellanos, the ghost inside of his phone. And as always, puro amor, puro besos, puro text mix. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Accordion to Me. The team behind this week's episode includes mixing and editing by Juan Pablo Diaz, theme music by Rodrigo Montalvo, produced by Javi G. from MD Media in-person recordings were done at the podify studios and remotely through riverside fm accordion to me is distributed through anchor and you can stream accordion to me wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts i'm your host and executive producer veronique medrano puro amor puro besos puro tex-mex